Warney was an all-time great, a once-in-a-century type cricketer, and his records will live on forever. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know. I'd like to think that I inspired a lot of people that I played with, um, played against, and youngsters that played because you know, I, I like to play with passion. Absolutely brilliant from Shane Warne. He can bring things into out of nowhere. Magnificent piece of bowling from Warne. He's got in, great little catch. We love so much about Warney. You know, his showmanship, his charisma, his tactics, the way he, he just willed himself and the team around him to win games for Australia. And probably, above all else, his incredible skill as a leg spinner. Outside answer, that's, that's the world record. Matty Hayden takes the catch. Brilliant effort. He's suddenly got a standing ovation stream on here, achieving the world record, going past Murli Tarant. And in great style. He was um, a champion, a winner, and the best. And that's important for any game. Every single sport needs uh, a real winner and a real champion in every era. And Warren was that. He was that in spades, uh, certainly uh, as a bowler, not just as a slow bowler. He was an extraordinary phenomenon. And I think all of that uh, was great for the game. He's my sporting hero. I just absolutely love watching him play. He's changed the way people look at cricket. You go down to the park now and every kid wants to, to let the ball rip and, and bowl league spinners. Um, you know, he's a magician, he's an absolute genius. Uh, there's so many guys in this team and squad who you know, still hold him as a hero, their all-time favourite player. And the loss that we're all trying to wrap our heads around is huge. It's been a really tough day, a couple of days for Australian cricket after the passing of Rod. We just wish you know, the best to both families, especially Shane's parents and his kids. Well, welcome to what is a much more dour and uh, less upbeat start to the Press Box podcast this week. Uh, Sam Tugwell, Jace Kemp, Dale Fletcher, we're all here again in the studio. And yes, as you've been well aware for the last few days, sports lovers and even those who aren't sports lovers know that there's been a tragic loss in the sporting world. Shane Warne passing. Uh, many know him as the king or the greatest uh, bowler to ever play test cricket. And uh, a lot of people mourning, a lot of people who felt close to him and Felt like he was a familiar part of their their lives and a household name for sure across the world and sadly lost over the weekend to a heart attack. Rod Marsh as well, sadly lost as well the day before. So some tragic times in Australian cricket and we open the show on the press box this week after what have we've seen many a tribute. Jace, Dale, welcome. It's been a sad couple of days. Sure has and uh, it was unfathomable really. It was just uh, fr- Friday night was just... Uh, Sort of coming to terms with the uh, Rod Marsh's passing and and uh, sort of um, mapping out of going behind the scenes at work, mapping out a plan of you know how we're going to pay tribute to Rod Marsh and and what we did and the stuff coming up and then um, twelve hours later, uh, Shane Warne uh, passes away and it's like far out. Uh, what do we do now? So um, it was just it was just stunning and. Uh, I've been told a few few stories from uh, late night phone calls um, that went around uh, early Saturday morning, late Friday night, about uh, changing the whole the whole paper. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, just 
stunning. You just knocked me down with a feather. It was just it was unbelievable. Let's talk about yeah. that a bit more soon, the, the mm. advertiser side of things and, and all the media stuff. But let's personally, Jace, you, you were just as shocked as everyone. Yeah, it's one of those situations that you don't think is, is real. And you look at it, and I first found out about it on Twitter. I woke up bizarrely on Saturday morning about 4 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what stirred me, but I, I woke up and I looked at my phone and it said R.I.P. Shane Warne and I honestly thought it was a joke or a mistake mm. I thought that someone it was a Twitter handle I didn't know or hadn't been on before and um, I honestly thought they got it mixed up with Rod Marsh and for some reason I thought oh they've made a, a big blunder here and as I continued to scroll I realised that it was me that the you know it was true it, it all was real and then I saw Pat Cummins reaction to it um, other players reaction to it and then far out it's it's well what are we now three days on and it still yep. doesn't feel real you know it feels like he's such a a bigger than life character and, and to lose him at such a young age when we probably thought he was going to be around forever it's just shocking and um, geez, my heart goes out to all his um, friends and, and um, family at the moment they're, they're obviously doing it tough yeah uh, KG has this very similar story when I saw him on Sunday he said that he wandered in very early on the Saturday morning as he does to, to get started 5am sort of thing to get in the studio for his show and he went to the, the OTR and he went to grab his paper as he always does and the, the, the cash attendant basically said to him mate really sorry to hear about Shane and he said what do you mean it's Rod <laughs> no look at the front page of the paper you've just picked up and there it is big you know farewell Shane and it just blows people away everyone had the same notifications on their phone everyone had the same reaction turning on the TV in the morning and whatever their first you know sight of this news was it was just as stunning and it continued to be stunning throughout the entire weekend you just couldn't fathom that this was actually possible someone who was a, a household name and and the most remarkable part about it is the the, the somehow he impacted everyone's lives in such a way that everyone felt like he was you know a friend of theirs even if you had no relationship with him everyone felt like they lost a family member somehow when they heard the news about Shane Warne yeah I think I, I uh, it's sort of to me it was sort of like Australia's Kobe Bryant moment mm, yeah so it was it was sort of a similar reaction mm. to, to that obviously on a on well, Kobe Bryant worldwide sports figure so it was it was one of those just shocking just tragedies and uh, it was well after learning the news and then reading like what happened in the timeline and and you know the heart attack and after Rod Marsh you know um, passed away with the heart attack too and it's just like the life can just go just yeah. in, in a second like you know a week ago I'm calling Shane Warner farce here that is the most remarkable part of this. And we, at the end of last week's show, were taking the absolute mickey about him potentially going to England and coaching. coaching yeah. And next thing you know, he's not with us the next week we speak. Yeah, so I, I called him a farce. And I was, that was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, mm. geez, I've <laughs> called the great man a farce. And <laughs> geez. And, and, and uh, Ishiguro wrote a great column that was in the advertiser on Tuesday. Um, he was fair dinkum. He was literally fair dinkum. He was literally applying to be wow. uh, coach of England. She, um, that was her column. Did, um, Shane went went to her and asked, you know, would I be a good coach? And just got her to give approval. And, and he, he was going to do it or apply. So it's just uh, the life just just goes mm. like that. It's oh, 
It's, it's hard to comprehend. Yeah, it's, he lived an incredible life. He probably lived every second of the 52 years he was on this planet. He, he definitely <laughs> lived it to the fullest. Oh, and, yes. And I think <laughs> because he did that and because so many people, um, he wasn't just a great cricketer, but he was also someone that people you know, are, are attracted to. He was a polarizing figure and, and people really loved Shane because he was a bit of a larrikin. He could have a laugh you know, with people and, and about people and about himself more importantly. And I think people were really attracted to that about him and, and um, geez, just, you know, it won't be the same. Summer of cricket won't be the same because no. he's been commentating now for a long time and, and you've gotten used to his, whether you liked it or hated it, I'm sure Stark um, you know, was a bit indifferent about his comments <laughs> during the year. But like we're going to miss that because you know he brought so much to the game after he finished playing and um, you know it'll be interesting to see how many people they'll get now for this state funeral which will be at the MCG 150,000 it sounds like they'll get mm. there you can fill the stands with 100k you can get 50k on the ground uh, you'll have people flooded outside the ground I'm sure and what will soon be the new Shane Keith Warren grandstand at the mm. MCG as well which I think is just a very fitting touch too so well done to the MCG and well done to the people of Australia who have really I suppose shown such overwhelming tributes as well in the last uh, few days and also around the world like you said it did go around the world it was one of those things oh, where yeah. I think I watched Fox Cricket they did a special on the Saturday a full three hour thing and every single every ten minutes there was a, a new face on TV mm. a, a, a international test superstar a legend a great a hall of famer people were they they all loved him everyone loved him has anyone got a Shane Warne story everyone's had their Shane Warne stories but uh, I don't have one in particular I had a a, a very met him a few times no never met the guy um, but definitely spoke to him on the phone a couple of times and was always really really nice and that I was always fortunate for nothing better and more impressive than that that's my story well, I was fortunate enough the the great man came in and was editor of the advertiser one day oh, wow. before yes. the um, uh, Australia India series. So it was the first test match after the sandpaper gate, and and it was like, oh, Shane, Shane Warne's coming in to edit the paper, and it was like, oh, geez, well, how, you know, what's uh, it's going to be like? Security and you know bodyguards <laughs> and you know with, you know and and literally um, the call came through. I warned he's here, and we walked down, and there there he was, just in, in a tracksuit with a backpack, you know. <laughs> just the hat on just walked in there's no one there's no one with him just like you know mm. just like Johnny come lately w- yep. walked off the street you know but there's just the greatest you know what was he like to greatest bowler with? of all time oh just brilliant brilliant so he was so enthused about what he was doing and asking so many questions oh, you know well, what do I do here you know, I don't want to yeah. stuff this up I don't want to stuff that up and and uh, yeah and uh, I remember Reese Humphrey who was uh, <laughs> got the unenviable task uh, so Warney had a column like a double page uh, column uh, to go on the paper and uh, he'd actually handwritten it out Oh, so he had it handwritten oh, and it's like no. well he, he couldn't have typed it Warney <laughs> <laughs> so for all, oh. I remember Reese was sitting there and, and Reese and sat across from me and yeah. um, Warney's sitting there in between us literally dictating oh, uh, his column and then picking out you know what what was going to go where he was there for about half the day and just walked off and went oh, do, you know do we want to we want to lift back to it or no I'll just go for a walk and you know, walk down the mall you know and 
Love off that. off he it. went. How about that? Unbelievable. Jason, ever have any encounters with him? No, unfortunately, no, I haven't. And, you know, I obviously grew up watching him on TV like you guys have, but I never got to meet him, um, which was unfortunate. But, you know, from all accounts, he was a, a great person, a humble person, like you said, Dale, and Jason will be sorely missed. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, well, I think we've all heard a whole lot about Shane Warne and, and, and the tributes and all those sorts of things and the stories, which I think is only fitting and, and will he'll be remembered definitely past. But I, I am interested, Dale, because we are on the press box all about sort of how it all comes together, the news, especially something as big as this. Tell us about how, when I just spoke then about KG waking up to such sudden mm. news at 5am and having a paper in his hand that says Shane Warne's passed away and it only happened about three or four hours before... He picked up that paper. How does, in the middle of the night, Adelaide put together its paper with such the, such news all ready to go and printed at 5 a.m.? Well, interesting story. Um, probably, uh, it's probably best if I'm a could swear uh, on this <laughs> podcast because... Uh, so so what happened was um, usually, you know, my, on my phone when I get the email, you know, the uh, phone vibrates, you know, and usually it's, you know, midnight, there's, you know, a midnight sports update and then, yep. you know four in the morning you know there's a you know overnight sport what's happened update and uh, but uh i remember i was i was i was laying in bed and the phone just vibrated just like oh, someone someone was ringing you to, yeah. and it was like geez what's happened here and it's like is anyone up and then luckily luckily for me i have friday and saturday um is that's my weekend so i've i've dodged it um fortunately for, for me but uh what happened was the, the the word come through there was an email uh phone call through to uh the herald sun offices you know and then it went around to the the different print centers in australia because obviously the newspapers are all printing by then. Yeah. You know how many's left? I think for a number, I think there was about seven, six or seven thousand newspapers left to be printed. Okay. Uh, here in Adelaide. How, how many? Like as a percentage, how much is that oh. to go? Is that pretty close not, to the end? Not, yeah, it was some real metro stuff. Yeah. Okay. They're going to hit the metro area, so um, so, um, so it needs it needs a tick off. You know, stop the press. Yep. Literally stop yep. the press. Um, and then. It's interesting because when you lay, when you design and lay out a newspaper, it's it's laid out knowing that something could happen. Yep. You know, okay, yeah, all right. So if, you know, what's going to go if you know something happens? Yep. You know, okay. So in that sense, it was like uh, the front page. Obviously, the front page all goes and 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 um, Warney goes on there. And then there was one page. I think it was page eight or page six. I think it was. There was something that could could be moved to the next day, which literally just gets yep. all moved to one side, and the the story comes on, and and there you go. So once once the story gets filed, you could probably turn that around in 10, 15 minutes, and right. uh, the presses um, keep going. Wow. But uh, it was a uh, uh, would have been an interesting night um, to say the least, and uh, I, I, I was going to say lucky I wasn't there, but I actually wish I was yeah, there because you know because that's um, that that's pretty much why you get into this industry. But uh, the way the the, the guys turned turned it around and uh, and ladies um, uh, was uh, sensational. It's amazing because really it's a, such a it's a late time of night. Everyone sort of found out at you know two a.m. three a.m. and I woke up to about five hundred notifications. <laughs> you know even at four thirty when I went to go to the you know toilet in the middle of the night and checked my phone with blurry eyes just to see what the time was. But like because I was just 
blurry-eyed. I wasn't actually looking at the notifications. I just looked for the time. But there was a thousand of them sitting there and I didn't bother reading them. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have got back to sleep. So yeah. I'm kind of glad I, I didn't at that time. But it's just, that, that was the time. And I, I mean, the cricket was sort of just finishing up and you know, I'm sure the players were still awake late at night and probably saw all the news come through. It was just such a staggering story, which, I mean, beggared belief. But we've heard heaps about Shane Warne and I'm thankful we could all share our stories here at the start of the show, at least, and a tribute from us here at the Press Box to the greatest Shane Warne. Um, but we will talk about some other bits and pieces. We've got a segment still coming up, which is brand new, which we should definitely mention to start the show. Ooh, all I want to say is giddy up. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's, let's hold your horses, boys. Uh, but oh, first, let's geez. talk some footy. Let's talk some footy because uh, there was a, a showdown on Saturday. And look, I didn't watch it, but um, Port Adelaide won. Yeah, sucked in. Port Adelaide won. <laughs> and is that all we have to mention? Yeah, and, right. and moving on. And uh, <laughs> on to the next one. Well, well, I did say last week that if Port Adelaide uh, lost, they should board up the <laughs> board up the club. But well, half time, it was looking a bit shaky. Well, we're it was, up, was, was, was it? Gee, and uh, I, at half time, I, I had I had um, wrote Port Adelaide off for the whole year. Oh, I thought that's done. They're gone, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then and then the third quarter started. So, uh, but still, still not convinced because, um, geez, the Laird got injured and yeah. it's. And, it didn't impress me. No, and to see Robbie Gray hurt a hamstring, I thought, oh boy, you know he's in his sixteenth season, I think. So, um, but it's okay. He the scans cleared him, but it, I think you got to take the scratch matches with a pinch of salt. I reckon yep. you can see some teams, you know, they just want to try out new positions. They just want to try out new people. I thought Joshua Shelley what, kicked his Got kicked three, three goals for yep. yeah for the second game in a row. I thought he was out, outstanding. He'll yeah. um, get a spot in round one for the Crows. So. He's nearly the top five pick now. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's straight in. Hasn't played a game of footy and they already signed a new contract. Mm. So that's how much the Crows think highly of him. And then, you know, you look at Port Adelaide, they're missing Charlie. He won't come back for probably to round two now, round three maybe. So um, they need that power forward. I think that's that's mm. clear. You know, with Robbie Gray hurting his hamstring as well, that was an ideal. And they need just someone to kick goals. You know, Charlie, he does a lot for that power side. Even though he he's, he's, doesn't always hit the scoreboard, he takes two defenders. And that's what they need. They need that person who's going to be a focal point at the forward line. And that's probably what they're missing a little bit. I hope George Yardis has a big year and, um, and a few others. So... Oh look, the the real one is in a few weeks' time when they play again, yeah. air for points. So let's take the the preseason shadow with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yep. Um, geez, footy's what a week away. I can't wait. Mm. I, I can't wait. And uh, another slow start though for the power, which I think was just another interesting point. Ken Inkley made a point that he wanted a round one attitude as soon as they started that game, and they sort of just came out the blocks mm. real flat, which is just becoming a trademark of Port Adelaide recently. Is does that worry you too? No, hundred percent. Like if you if you if Port Adelaide started like that on Saturday against any top eight team, five goals down, mm. five six easily, it'd be the prelim final all over again. Mm. Quarter time, six goals down. Yep. 100%. I was just going to say that prelim final, we saw mm. it there and the game was over by half time. Mm. Um, we don't need that. We definitely <laughs> don't need that. But like I said, pre-season, you know, you're against you know opposition that you know that you're probably going to beat on a bad day. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll come round one. We'll come next week. We'll, we'll see how they really go. And meanwhile, Adelaide, may, uh, much more competitive than, I suppose, the week before, uh, which is a given. But uh, would, can you see them getting out of the bottom four after the performance they put up? Is it Are they worthy yet, despite you know a few players still not being back in that team? Are they, are they good enough to take their next step yet? 
Well, if they're fully fit, yes, but uh, the injuries are uh, mounting up. R- Rory Laird gone six weeks. Yeah. You know, Jordan Dawson's spent hev- heaven and earth to get Jordan Dawson. Yep. Can't can't get out on the park. Yep, Seedsman uh, not ready Seedsman, and may not be ready for a while. Taylor Walker can't play to around four. So there's probably four of the best ten right there. So uh, if they're all fit and firing and, and available, mm. then uh, yes, definitely out of the bottom four. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I don't. The depth is huge issue. I, I think so too. That's going to be a biggest struggle and you're looking at it now that you've got injuries if you get any more from the first three rounds geez you're in all sorts of uh, strife I, th- I think another uh, you know Miller he still needs some time in the sample mm-hmm. he looked like he, he did some good things but I think he looked gassed by about half time so but that's okay he, he's, a, he's a class player and I think mm-hmm. by mid-year if you have if, geez, if, if, by mid-year if you've had you know no major injury concerns you've got like Smith Miller Dawson Seedsman back you know you, all of a sudden you've got Laird obviously Laird, his hand will yeah, be fine yeah. by then yeah. uh, hopefully Matty Crouch is playing some decent mm-hmm. footy by then. He's back in the swing of it. All of a sudden, you go, geez, this, this is not a bad team. So, um, you know, they just need some game time, basically, to make sure that you don't have any major injuries and, and hopefully it goes okay. All hinders on Riley O'Brien, too, I think, for mine. Uh, the first takeaway from Saturday is the way he tucked his sh- jumper into the shorts <laughs> oh, was... That was unreal. a little <laughs> tad farcical. Um, <laughs> back in the 1980s. It was, it was Harry High Pants there for a minute. But uh, if, if he goes down, the oh. Crows are... Stuffed with a capital F. You can F. say that about a lot of teams, though. Nah, but the but there's no there's no second like Kieran Strawn comes in, yeah. Mm. The, the, that's mm. that's that's where you're going, like you know, yeah. you know if 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 Lossett goes down, there's Sam Hayes, you know, they're, they're ready made, they you know someone, but yeah, I see where you're going with that, um, and you know for for the Crows, I think there's also just a lack of depth just across the board in just about every position. The forward line, even without Tech, still looks pretty fragile. Uh, defense is still developing slowly. Midfield. <laughs> That's inefficient for mine at times as well. I mean, if Ben Keys is going to be your biggest disposal getter, uh, along with probably Matt Crouch, Matt Crouch doesn't do a whole lot with it when it mm-hmm. comes to, you know, metres gained and really being effective and impactful with the footy. And nor is Ben Keys. He tends to kick it to, you know, at no one sometimes. Mm-hmm. He just sort of belts the leather and hopes for the best. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, inefficiency with that. So uh, Crows have got some issues, They'll, but it's a rebuild. And they're only, you know, 12, 14, 15 months into this rebuild so far. So so we'll see how they continue on oh, this year. I think the main thing that you need to see, uh, for the Crow supporters need to see in the first three rounds, is their forward line. How do they co- uh, how do they work with that text in it? Who's going to yeah. be their main goal scorer? Because this is the question now for the next. We're not just talking two or three years. This is the next question for the next decade. Absolutely. Who's going to kick the goals for the Crows? And now the, the first three weeks of this season, we get to see because they don't have text you know coming mm. in or pinch hitting from off the boundary wherever he's going to be. They've got. Literally, you know, Phil thought looks like he's going to be a gun player. Hopefully, yeah. Um, you've got Darcy Fogarty in that forward line too. You've Year got six um, or five for him, and still hasn't shown what we're hoping. And you've got Joshua Shelley as well. You want to see some sort of continuity, some sort of relationship with those three players, where that's your future. So that's yeah. what I'd be looking for for the Crows for the first three games of the season. Yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. Although, what's interesting too is you were talking earlier about depth and teams maybe struggling. Let's cross into this then. The AFL on uh, on Tuesday 
have decided to bring in a new COVID list guideline. So it's basically AFL contingency lists for every AFL team, and they can put together a bunch of uh, 20 players that they can nominate uh, for this list, and it has to be done by the end of this week on Friday. Mm. Now, what comes from this is sort of around our discussion we had a week or two ago around taking players from state leagues to fill up AFL teams. Mm. Uh, Basically, the AFL have brought in this rule where a player can be taken from this uh, COVID contingency list pool to train only if fewer than 30 players are available due to COVID and injuries on these AFL teams lists. So, say Port Adelaide or the Crows uh, lose a bunch of players and they no longer have uh, over 30 players to Mm. to use and to pick from, they can start to grab players from this nominated pool that they've selected. Uh, And it's very, very interesting how this has sort of all come about. How How do we feel about this? Oh, it's a common sense move, um, but because um, you know the injuries can mount up. You can uh, with Port Adelaide last year what was there thirteen, fourteen surgeries. So you know you could have five or six on the. There's usually five or six on the injury list, regardless. Yeah. Um, in any normal year. So and then if there's like a, a COVID close contact um, issue, which you know the Crows and Port are disadvantaged of because of the rules here in South Australia compared to interstate. So if there's a close contact issue that that wipes out, you know, another five, six, seven, could be 10, you know, um, that'll take it over uh, the threshold of, um, what was it, 17, is it 17 players or 30, wasn't it? 30 30 is a magic number. So it's a common sense move. It would be interesting to see who the Crows and Port pick because they got... um, um, Four teams each? Yep. This, so, they? so these are the aligned yeah. teams. The Sandfuls, uh, Matt Doldig outlined who each club can pick from. Yeah, so Crows have got Central Districts, Glenelg and North, and Port Adelaide have got the other four, which is uh, South Adelaide, the Eagles, Nord and West Adelaide. So they'll be talking to those clubs, with the clubs first of all, then they'll start to contact the four players from each of those clubs and see if they can tie it all up by the end of the week. If I was Hamish Hartlett, I'd just be going straight back in there yeah. and I'm putting all my stuff back in my locker because I'm almost a certainty that I'm playing for Port this year. Yeah. That's, that's, that's That'll happen for sure. And it's interesting too that um, your South Adelaide are aligned to Port and Bryce Gibbs has said no, he doesn't want to be on the list, so the, oh. the, he, he won't be on a list, I think. Uh, I think uh, I think Mitchell Mead. I think Jackson Mead's brother okay. plays for the Eagles. So yep. he'll, yes, the, he you, you, the, there's two of the twenty. Straight in, walk up stuff. But uh, the interesting thing too, um, boys, is the if anyone gets picked, um, if they don't play in the AFL, yes. then they play for their Sample team. So it's not like yes, they do. It's Pillaging the sample right. to uh, make the Port Adelaide Magpies yeah, and the yeah. Crows sample team better. It's yes. uh, you know if Hamish Hartley gets picked up and he doesn't get and Kenny doesn't pick him, then he'll play for, for West Adelaide. So just uh, calm down. Yeah, so it's uh, be, uh, well, it'll be back like uh, the good old days. Unless it's like a Sunday afternoon game and they have to fly with a side, like if you know what I mean, and they don't get they if they've got to play Sunday and Sunday. Mm. They, they won't play for their side then. There won't be enough time to get back. No, I agree with that. that that'll be the tough part. Although, you know, you would think that these clubs would do the right thing because they are sample players first. Yes, they're being picked up for the AFL's needs, but yep. unless absolutely required, you wouldn't think that they'd hold on to them unless they absolutely need them, you'd think. 
don't know. Mm. It's an interesting one. It's up to the individual, really. So, as I said when we talked about this previously, like, you know, if I was recruiting a player, uh, the first thing I'd ask is, uh, do, you, do you want to play AFL? And if the answer was yes, then I wouldn't recruit them if I, if I was a sample club. Mm. But uh, okay. that, that's the risk you take, you know. Look at the Eagles. Uh, uh, Jack Hayes, James Cheetah's gone. Um, Jared Lena just got signed by St Kilda. Yeah, that's on, awesome. uh, so he was back at Stir. He's gone. So it's it's just a it's a development league. You know, you can't you can't hold players back to play at the highest level. Mm. But but what do you think, Jace? Do you think Port and the Crows will play a bit of funny buggers here if, they, if they're right on the threshold here? of getting a top-up player, yeah. you know, say, let's, uh, we'll, we'll throw Hammer throw hammer up yeah. again. So maybe say, Broadbent, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Well, let, let's say Port Adelaide need a r- running halfback because they're all injured and there's one spot left. There's like, well, someone's, you know, oh, someone's just nicked a hammy. We'll just have to get Hammer back in and he will walk straight in. Is there so going to be any funny buggers? He's saying that they can pick a player, manipulate, per, manipulate the system where they might not be out for COVID or an, you know in isolation. Instead, they if someone gets injured, yeah, yeah so, counts, so injuries count. Counts. Yeah, so but they someone's could bend the rules a little bit. But to there's bring, two, two like players. The sub. Yeah, ah, bend the rules a little bit. So so two rules. players, two. I think it's at least two have to be COVID related. Yeah. Okay. So okay. if if you do, if you just get smashed with injuries, it's just too bad. Bad luck. Yeah. But if there's some COVID related uh, people affected do you think there'll be a little bit of oh. if I'm if I you know elite sports uh, clubs tend to tend to go you know float on rules the, are made to be broken that's right they tend to try and work their way around the rules to find the little loopholes and things mm-hmm. so yeah they potentially they, they could definitely do that they could definitely go down that line of bringing in a player for who might not necessarily be you know fit that, that oh, requirement I reckon it's going to happen alright here's Matt Doldy again from the sample yeah, I think the AFL will put some... They're pretty good at their integrity and investigations. Okay. They'll put some pretty stri- uh, stringent restrictions around the clubs and what they can and can't do. <laughs> oh, well, come on. You reckon that's... Oh, I don't know if I believe that even there from Matty saying they've got integrity. I reckon it, the, the Matty sub in the AFL last year was absolutely rorted from literally the first game. They said it was for concussion pretty much only. And some the first ever Medi sub was, oh, he pulled a hammy, so off he comes. And he didn't even actually do a proper hammy, and he played the next week. The whole idea of the Medi sub was to make sure it was really for concussed concuss players only. I reckon this. I reckon you're right. There'll be times here where these clubs sort of go. And as much as we were just saying before, it should be they should be thinking about the Sandful clubs and where these players come from. I reckon you're right. I reckon there will be a little bit of uh, funny buggers happening here for sure. Yeah, definitely. Across the border in the VFL, like if it's the same rules there, like obviously there's um, um, VFL clubs aligned to AFL clubs and sort of the, the players in the sample are, are sort of disadvantaged in, in in a sense because they've only got two clubs to go to. So if Port yeah. and the Crows don't want you, then um, they'll be playing sample anyway. Mm, absolutely. All right, well, there you have it. The uh, footy gets started not next week, the week after, which is uh, really, really good. The footy is right around the corner. We're back, finally. We're back. It's been a long summer. It definitely is. It's good <laughs> to be back. All right, now, uh, boys, last couple of weeks we've been on the hunt for a new segment for my good self because apparently I don't bring it after this show, which I think is a little bit offensive, but that's okay. We- <laughs> <laughs> well, Post post production, <laughs> no issue. <laughs> We've got <laughs> live on air. 
questionable. Okay, well, we've got a list of now. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We've had a great list of suggestions the last couple Ooh, of weeks. Yes. Now, few that we floated last week. Sam's six, Sam's mailbag, which were a few oh. others which were brought in. Um, really? Sam's soapbox or Sam says, which <laughs> are the interesting one again. This one, which you guys seemed to like last week, Sam's sledge. Yes, Sam's sledge. That's the one. That's clubhouse leader. Yes, yeah. Real- That's five shots in front. <laughs> Real it's like Caro's arrow. Yeah. It's like that, but he has to. He has to nail someone uh, every week, or, or has he? You know, pinpoint someone. Get a bit more opinion. <laughs> Target someone. Yeah. Well, someone get the else- pickets out. <laughs> get off the pickets. Someone has said also uh, that the, maybe we should have like a "Where are they now?" segment, which uh, where we explore where, where people are at the moment, some Ooh. old guests and stuff like that, which might be something different. Another one which I like this from uh, from Nate, who's a good listener. He said, uh, "How about this one? You got, this is clever." Ooh. Tuggers knows all because the nose, the you know, nose all that sort of thing. Anyway, I'm sort of on, on oh, the hunt, sniffing around for all the stuff up from the week, if you like. <laughs> Scratch and sniff, maybe. Well, well with well. Tuggers. So we've got a few <laughs> options there. We've got some a really long list there, but. Uh, what tickles your fancy? Because we've got to make a decision right here and now on the show. What, what's the new segment that I get to take on for this year and, and beyond? Well, Cast your votes. Sam, Sam work, Six and Sam's Mailbag get my vote because they were my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind, yeah. Sam Say or, or Sam Sledge for Sam mine. Sam Sledge? Sam, yeah, Sam Sledge. I like that because you can. I want to see you and hear up. you rip into people every single... Because you don't do it enough. I don't. So, so yeah, you, no, you're, you're right. Start, you stay right. on the fence too much. So yeah, this yeah, is great. Yeah. This it forced you to go outside of your comfort zone. Okay. You've got to pick apart someone or something every week and go, I don't like this and this is why. It's a bit editorial. Exactly. All right. Yes. All right, let's it's, get the 60-second 60, 60 well, where, where countdown time. Where should it go? Let me explode. Where should it go on the episode right at the end like the arrow? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, 100%. Yes. That's how we finish the, the show. final say. Sam yeah. Sledge. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's not bad. What if it falls flat? What if it's rubbish? No, you've got to, you've got to <laughs> pick better topics. <laughs> Do better. Yeah, right. Rip someone. <laughs> Dale, this one's about you, man. This yeah. is what I don't like. That's, that's how it's going to go. What if it's sporadic? What if there's a topic we're talking about for the week yeah. and I just go, you know what? I really just want to open the show. Which is Beautiful. Yeah, and then just All press right. the... Beautiful. Okay. You press the sting and go, boys, this is straight off the top. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to let this off. I've got to get this off my chest. This is straight into the sting and then you, then you fire away. All right. Okay, so it looks like we've decided Sam Sledge is going to be our new segment for the year. I yeah. can't wait for the stinger for this. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, right, we'll Sister go- Sledge, come on. <laughs> we'll do a little bit of work on that. We'll do some uh, brainstorming <laughs> behind the scenes. But hey, what about Sledgehammer? Oh, oh. sheesh! Mm. The Velvet Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Now, <laughs> not Matthew Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Sledgehammer. Nah, Sam Sledge. So Sam Sledge. Yeah, it's good. It's we'll, we'll keep workshopping it, but it sounds like it's in the works here. Uh, there you go. New segment for the year. You better come up with one I'll next better, week. Better yeah, yeah, next yeah, week. 100%. Yeah, you've got to ask next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got to you you rip someone apart next week. You it's going to be great. I will forget but until before the show and you'll go, what's your no, sledge no, this week? We'll, 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 nah, we'll have nah, it in the group chat. Nah, All right. Nah. We'll, we'll prepare it. Nah. Nice. Looking forward to it. Hey, uh, speaking of new segments, though. Yes. Well, we've brought ourselves a brand new segment this week. How about this? You know how we had a multi a while back? Yeah, we did. Fell flat for about every show. No, I ran out of money. Three years straight. <laughs> I'm still broke. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> that glove box is empty now. That's how much we threw away. It never got full, did it? it? Never. <laughs> was full. But, it started uh, off full and then we just dwindled. We have found a way to get uh, our money back. We are going to make some cash this year, everybody. Yes. Welcome to the Press Box Plunge. Stand by for a start. Takes crash and they're racing in the Melbourne Cup. But the 
two champs go together at the 600 metres. Winx is going with him and they've turned it on. The great race is on here. Here's McKay Diva. A nation roars for a hero. She's starting to wind up. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying. Yes, there's history. Oh, how about that? When have we ever had a properly produced stinger to introduce any segment on this show? But here we are. Chase has brought something brand new to the show this year, which I'm really looking forward to getting into. It's called the Press Box Plunge, and every week we're going to dive into all the latest racing action, and I'm also going to give a tip from um, a few tipsters that are yes. trying to make it big in the game. So <laughs> I thought, what a better way to start off than bringing in our man, Tim Yateman, from yes. over at Racing.com. He's in Melbourne at the moment, but he's preparing himself for the big one in Adelaide coming up pretty soon. And that is, of course, the Adelaide Cup. Tim, how are we, mate? Oh, boys, I just need a moment after that intro. That was uh, <laughs> gee, that was quite something. That was like, you know, the melting pot of the greatest moments in the last five years all put into one. And uh, I'm excited. Oh, yes. Some great work there by uh, Sam. He did it before. It only took him 20 minutes. Surprisingly, he's, he's, a, he's a master oh, when it comes to putting that stuff together. But, Tim, what is it looking like at the moment with some big race meets coming up? And I'm sure you're busy, very busy over there in Melbourne covering it all. What is it looking at the, uh, at, at the moment in the industry at the moment? You boys know me. I, uh, I am from Adelaide, so I That's always right. keep a uh, very close eye on all things South Australian racing. And uh, gee, what a week in uh, what a week to be involved in South Australian racing, fellas! It's uh, Cup Week's one of those uh, one of those weeks. Yes. I know Kempy enjoyed himself last year, possibly a little <laughs> bit too much, uh, and he, uh, he he didn't have the right connections to get him plucked into the highway. So old Uncle Tim had to help him out a bit there. But uh, that's a true story. So so Tim was in before me. We'd finished at the track. Yep. Said let's go have a few of the highway. Yep. He got in before me. I couldn't get in. No. <laughs> I was joking. knocking on the door, waving waving him down. Tim, Tim. And finally, finally, well, he got me through. I thought you were DJing last year, Jason. Oh, Track, yeah, yeah, just, oh, yeah. Jeez. yeah. Fun a few records, and then uh, Tim DJ couldn't even get into uh, the hey, after Tim, party. Hey, Tim, what time did we finish up the highway? Oh, oh, oh. oh crikey, mate! Oh, I wouldn't even want to know. I think it was. Um, there's a video of me going around the dance floor with a pen behind my ear. So I'm not sure how it got there or uh, what it was used for, but uh, I think Kempy, we might keep a couple of those stories between yes. myself and you, mate. Could share it with our 100 uh, press to get over it, but. Um, yeah, good is it just to even be back at the races, lads. And uh, I reckon I've just had a bit of a look at the forecast. Can't be touching it. I'm coming back. I'll be there on Monday. Nice. And my God, the weather gods over there, mate, have turned it on. Kate Freeban, Amelia Mulcahy, Jess Braithwaite. <laughs> kudos. <It> absolutely <laughs> turned the weather on. I think it's going to be 34, which uh, I don't want to be unprecedented. You might not want to wear a jacket in that weather. Yeah. <laughs> well, mate, it is going to be an amazing event. Crowds are back as well, which is a great thing for racing. What are you like? What are you looking at with the cup? And uh, what can we win a few pennies on? I know we're not here to muck around, lad. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to tip you the winner of the Adelaide Cup. Oh, right we here. like. That is what we like. That's right what we're here, here for. This is what this segment's about, Timothy. So, right is, so well, there's, there's no yeah, pressure on you, Timmy, because last time you are on, you we, you backed incentivise, and it hasn't run a race since. You, you, not, you retired it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, yes, I, and I also remember that night being told that I was going to be a semi-regular guest, and that was November, and now I'm in the middle of March. So, well, here you are, you know, mate. Uh, I've held yeah. my word. 
ahead. Is that, that, as they say. Well, that's uh, that, no. that's actually quick in uh, in, in in sort of the the Kemp clock. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, lads, I won't I won't waste your time with this because I know all the thousands of people out there listening will be really keen to uh, mm. to, to to get their hands on a winner. And if you're at the races on Monday and you're still alive by the cup, you're probably doing all right. So that's good. We're going to back a horse called Skelm. Skelm. S-K-E-L-M. Skelm. Oh. Not sure where it comes from, what it means, anything like that, but I know that it will be winning. Um, <laughs> oh. I saw this horse firsthand at Ararat on Friday. We sort of looked out at the track and we thought, God, what's that going around? Just think the way he was working, he's just, he, he's a seven-year-old, so he's on the older side, but he's in ripping form. So Skelm, I reckon if you uh, if you want a nice little bet, only about six dollars, unfortunately, lads. I know incentivised was a bit shorter than that, so we've doubled our sort of margin in terms of uh, in terms of odds. I know our strike rate's not too good either, none from one. But no, hopefully, we can get that back up to sort of fifty percent. And uh, yeah, I reckon it'll be hard to beat. The other one, if you're going to play at a little bit of value, which I know Kemp is uh, usually yes, trying to about. dig China by that stage of the day, he's, um, <laughs> he's chasing, chasing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a horse called Future Score, which I, you might remember uh, was in contention for the Melbourne Cup. And anyway, it didn't, uh, it didn't take its place in the Melbourne Cup. It's about a $21 chance. And uh, Matt Kamani gets this horse. Awesome. Pretty, good for, pretty good for feature races. It's got backed by big owners, the uh, OGI racing guys. So probably the one of the two, I reckon. I mean, a handful of horses could win it. I, I, I could sit here all night and tell you the horses that won't win it, but we're not we're not here for that. We're here to find a winner, and I reckon one of those two will uh, will be the horse to do it for us, yeah. lads. Yeah, you nice. sold me, I'm sold. I'm happy with that. I've already I've already got money on it. <laughs> well, Timmy, thanks for the tip. Thanks for coming on. I, I promise it'll be uh, a lot shorter the next time we have you on again, because we want you a part of this. This is obviously the first time that we've uh, introduced this segment, the Press Box Plunge. You've told yep. us to put heaps on Skelm, so you We've got a tip there. The first one off the mark. Timmy, thanks for so much for coming on, mate. Pleasure, boys. And uh, I reckon we can double our money before we get to Monday. If we've got time, there's one more horse that I reckon is a good thing on oh. Saturday. Okay. Hello, hello. This is, this, this is a horse that had all sorts of hype over it at the back end of the spring. It ended up running third in the Melbourne Cup. The horse is Spanish Mission, and he was oh, yes. incredible Ooh. a couple of weeks ago at Caulfield in the Carlion Cup. Whatever odds you're getting for him... On uh, on Saturday, I, I think is just uh, sh- sort of the more you bet, the more you get. Sort of set up gamble responsibly, of course. <laughs> but, uh, and I actually saw an article today that uh, Brace Sikowski, one of the owners, was quoted in, and he said, uh, "If this horse doesn't run top two, he will give horse ownership away." Wow! So <laughs> that's a five dollar check. Yeah, five right, bucks. So I just saw it. Five I bucks. I think we can fill the coffers before Adelaide Cup, and then hopefully we can uh, still have a few pennies in the uh, in the purse ready to go, and uh, we can all have a great day on Monday. All right, Timmy Aitman, Racing.com. Very well done. Let's hope you've come home with a few winners for us, mate, and uh, you're definitely welcome back if uh, if you do have a couple of winners. Otherwise, you're gone. So thank you very much, mate. <laughs> welcome back to the show. nothing less from you, Tuggers. Bruce, as always. Thanks, boys. <laughs> Fantastic, Timmy Aitman. Racing.com, absolute superstar, and uh, we're getting... Getting set for the Adelaide Cup on Monday. Now, time for... 
Oh, Root of the Week is back, and it's back because we're doing a follow on what we did last week. And, of course, we mentioned that Port Adelaide were in the T20 final yes. against Trinity. Of course, mm-hmm. they're called Grange in this final. Yes. And as we went to air tonight, the game was actually being played. So we had it live scores as we've been talking throughout this episode. And we've been sort of watching it and... Um, and Port batted first. And they they scored a hundred. They made eight for one fifteen. Should we go through the batting line? Yeah, for a- absolutely. So you can go through that. So Connor Rosie was opening the batting alongside what oh, Chris Davies, former state player. No worries. Dan Houston at number three, first drop. Marshall in uh, then Mackenzie, Riley Bonner, the captain. Uh, Mitch Georgiades, then Sam Mays, Ollie Wines toward the bottom. Matty Loken, and there's a bloke at the end called Dante Vizentini. A new one. Who is he? This is a new. Drafty. Drafty. Right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Sorry. It must be handy to get a, to get a run with all the big names in that well, squad. Well, I'll tell you what, number 11, important player. Must be good. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so the, the old legs 11. That was the, the old Tugwell 11. I, I can talk so about So all-star <laughs> lineup, really, when you look at the names in that list. And, yes. of course, they were up against Trinity. Trinity batted second. How do we want to frame this? Because I don't... Because I, don't, I tell you what, boys. I'm flat. I'm flat. I'm flat. <laughs> no chockies. Oh, I can tell you. The, the tosses won. <laughs> Port Adelaide couldn't get it done in the final again. And the only worst thing about Port Adelaide losing again is the song (laughs) that Trinity played in the rooms. Have a listen to this. They've just won the granny, yeah. so you would have thought they've won a few games in the lead-up. Doesn't sound like they know the words to their own flipping where, song. Where the, where the Victory Town was it? Yeah, we're, we're the only team from Victory Town. Oh, what can, is that you, rubbish? You call, you call the tosses. No, we can't have a go. They've, they've beaten. They've won. Yeah, but they're, they're, known the, they're called the tosses, and the tosses isn't even in the song. Surely, you know, the tosses or something like that. Surely, I actually rate that a lot. Surely, how would you feel though, singing your own song, calling yourself a tosser? tosser. What about you just say, "Hey, you just lost to the tosses" or something like that? Really rub it in. Oh, so anyway, gosh. they won by. Oh, come on, they won by six wickets. I six believe. wickets. Yeah. Nice. So they were pants to them in the end. Wow. They did it easy. I think they had uh, eight balls to spare. Easily. So, and a uh, shout out. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to shout out uh, Cameron from from the tosses. Sixty odd. Oh, nice. Sixty odd. 62. Well done. If you go through Port's batting, yeah. batting. Brad Cameron, 62, not out. Clearly. Man of the match, clearly. So the uh, the first runs, uh, sorry, the, the first we get to fall was uh, Chris Davies, I think, in Port's first over. However, Connor Rosie went second ball of the second over for a duck, mm. uh, which wasn't great. And then how about Trinity? Didn't start too well in their chase either, despite the win. They uh, mm. lost a wicket very first ball of the innings. I um I I've received a tweet from Chris Davies. Did you? Because I tweeted about you know he was you know first, yeah, hey, actually, former first class cricketer, yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, he knows uh, his way around uh, a pitch. Yeah. Um, and well, he just, <laughs> and, and clearly he, didn't that experience and didn't. He just, uh, <laughs> and he because I just wrote some kind words about him in my tweet, and he wrote back, <laughs> "I appreciate that, Jace. A very poor effort with the bat, and the fact that I can't walk now after eighteen overs wicket keeping." <laughs> 
has seen me call time again on my playing career. Oh, so there boy. you go. <laughs> so speaking of tweets, Jay, so Kane Corn's got around that uh, one of your tweets today. Did he? Did he, did he, did he, he said that uh, oh, all didn't G- see that. Didn't Bugger see off. that. He would have got that's notification. Jeez, my... oh, that's real, about... real flog areas oh, there. No, that I was. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So after uh, uh, Kane had uh, quote uh, retweeted Jace's uh, tweet mm. that clearly Jace didn't know about, maybe have you blocked him or something maybe no, was, no, maybe no. that's the maybe that's why he didn't no, get it name's like Robbo <laughs> oh, right. time now for pass or fast can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline absolutely farcical it's farcical 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 it's a farce it ends farcically the rules are a farce 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 what a farce absolute farce that was that sounds farcical that was farcical it's farcical it was a total farce it was a bit of a farce it's a disgrace Rightio. So uh, last week oh, I mentioned uh, Alexander Zerev and uh, going uh, ape droppings in in Mexico, smashing the the, the chair umpire, and and uh, that was, and it was a huge fast. Well, uh, he's uh, been handed his penalty for uh, uh, said fast. Yep. Uh, uh, suspended eight week ban. Ooh. So a suspended eight-week ban. So, so Alexander Zerev, so slap on the wrist. So he's free to play. Not, he, he, yeah. Nothing to see here. So oh. Alexander Zarev getting a slap on the wrist, uh, pass or fast. I'm going to fire up here for a sec because Ooh. this is this is Sledge areas? I hate, <laughs> this could be the first one, I hate suspended suspensions. That's, that's an absolute joke. Well, I don't mean anything. That is a massive fuss. Who's who's impl- who's given that? That's that's crap. Oh, the ATP. That's rubbish. Well, the ATP clearly saw it how I saw it last week when I gave it a pass. <laughs> I, said, oh, I liked a bit of drama. He didn't hit anyone. He didn't hit anyone. Oh, that's a that's a reasonable uh, that's a reasonable penalty. So there you go. Fly away. Farce. ATP farce. That's Seriously. a joke. That is. Well, what message does that send? There exactly. you go. There's. I sound like a dad. <laughs> What message does that send? You can, you can exactly. smash the chair umpire on the foot with your racket. There exactly. you go. Exactly, and now it's okay. Yeah. That is okay. You've set a precedent. Sus- You're allowed to do that. <sighs> and when does a susp- when does a suspension actually come in? So if he gets suspended again for doing something silly, then he cops the eight weeks yes. for something else? Yeah. That's how it works. When that, and, and when does that run out? Probably in like probably you know, like a year, a year or something. Exactly. Right? So yeah. he's not going to do it again in the next twelve months. Ooh, I don't, just I don't, I don't, have you watched Alexander Zverev <laughs> play? T- <laughs> to be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of Zverev. To be honest, he, if he's playing overnight, uh, he, he might have already been, uh, might have already done it again. But uh, anyway, um, back to the footy. We'll go to the footy. Right. Uh, we watched uh, on Sunday, I was uh, at work, and I saw uh, Braden Maynard uh, do a perfect spoil and a little bit of an ear massage, mm. and he's got reported, he's got rubbed out for two weeks, he went to the appeals board tonight, and they threw it out. So Braden Maynard copping two weeks for an ear massage, pass or fast? Yeah, I don't know if I... You know, two weeks is a bit harsh, although the, at the end of the day, what, what this is all based on is outcome rather than action, which has been a, a gripe of mine for years. Mm-hmm. So for mine, I, I get it, two weeks, they're trying to protect the head, all that sort of thing, but if he did not get concussed, the Giants player, this is no issue, there's nothing to see here. 
he actually punched the ball and the player because he fell over and because he didn't land well and because he was in the wrong place and look I'm not going to blame him he wasn't a victim he was trying to take a mark and someone came through but it's sometimes it's not always the player's fault if they've come through to try and play a football action sometimes it's not always uh, you know their fault that they've knocked someone out um, it's it's a football incident so yeah look it's it's interesting you don't want to you don't want to turn turn a blind eye to concussion because it is a serious issue and there's a lot of uh, effects but I think that was a less deliberate move than maybe something like a sling tackle which concussion in that space that's a very different story so I don't know if I'm a pass or a fast I reckon I'll say a fast for the two weeks I reckon it could have been one now it's a pass that's a pass you hit him straight in the head you can't you we've been told for years you can't do this you cannot do this in football at the moment the head is off um, is out of bounds basically they don't want contact if you're going to go up for a ball hit the ball don't hit the head because if you hit the head all of a sudden you put he yourself in danger he hit the ball first he hit the ball hit the ball first yep hit the ball and then it ended up the round arm into the head so it was just sort of it was like a follow through it was pretty close though it was a ball fo- first. Yeah, it was a follow through, which for mine I felt was unfair. But but there's a lot of people like you saying, well, at the end of the day, if you hit the head, you hit the head. You're in trouble. So, you know, if the AFL wants to be consistent, and that's what all we're looking for, if they want to be consistent, then this is how it goes the rest of the year. We remember this moment right now because this is the precedent, and anything uh, uh, this is they've said it. So now anything uh, that you know doesn't matter what player it is, doesn't matter what moment it is, is doesn't matter if it's in a grand final or a prelim final. If this happens, then the player is rubbed out. Pretty much it. We're going to ban the spoil. Like, was this a spoil? Like, if, if I was he's only wrapped around his head. I'm watching it now. He's hit the ball. You hit the ball first. Like, yep. you, the, you can't just hit the ball and then just stop. It's like... That's right. Like, it's part it's, of the action. It's, it's inertia. Yep. There, there's accidents in footy. Like, it's If, it's if you're going to rub that out... Like, it, it, yeah. It's all because it was it was concussed. If if the exactly. Giants, if Giants player got up and, and took the it's kick, and, it was fine. It's, it, That's it, why it doesn't, rubbish. Yeah, it's, it's rubbish. They don't... Don't worry about how injured or not the player is. It's all about the action and the intention. Yeah. He could have done the exact same thing, and it could have been, let's say, Riley O'Brien, who's Brian, who's got a, a big, thick skull and and not uh, maybe just a little bit stronger and somehow gets away with not being concussed. Hmm. How can that player now not serve two weeks, gets to play the next couple of games, and, 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 and I don't know, it does the exact same thing. Like, it's, it should be a fine or a suspension for the action, not whether or not you've somehow put him on his backside or not. Like that is that is absolutely a disgrace for mine. But that shift will happen hopefully in the future, but I don't think it will for a while. No, it won't. It, it won't. won't. <laughs> it oh, won't. I'm hopeful. I'm wishful. It won't. It won't. Trust me. All right. Now the next one, uh, from the from the Carlton-Melbourne game, how about the, uh, the new 50-metre... <laughs> oh... Penalty rule. Uh, I was watching this. Uh, eight 50 metre penalties oh. uh, highlighted by the Christian Petrarca one, but mm. uh, the new 50 metre penalty rule. Pass or fast? The AFL needs to bring in 25 metre penalties for me. Yes, I bring them back. Do they, they used to have they them. Nev- they never. Oh, I've been to Sample. Maybe it's a always Sample. Sample. Yeah, yeah, Sample's yeah. got it and it works so well. I think for the player descent ones, which is the one the players are going to take a little while to get used to, that is worth 25 metres, not 50. That is um, a fast. You don't give the umpires a discretion of whether it's 25 or 50. No, you do. If oh, you, no, that that opens a massive can of a sample and it works out perfectly. No, no. no. It works perfectly no, in a sample. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Who, who's complaining about the sample 25 metre rule? No, but if, no the, one. if you give the 
the umpire's the option whether it's twenty five or fifty. No, 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 no. It's different because if you if it's if it's purely umpire dissent, I think that's worth twenty five rest. Let's let's just leave it for fifty for everything else. But for nah, umpire dissent, nah. yeah. twenty five nah. minutes. You should not be getting fifty meters. For, or, or perhaps even like running in the um, in the in the protected zone sometimes, or getting near the man on the mark, little yeah. things like that. That that really gets up me for for some things. Uh, umpires fifty meters, it's it's a big penalty, especially if you you know in your forward half. It's yeah. a certain goal. Yeah, it's it's a so it's so costly for such a little mistake, and I think that's and and it frustrates the fans. The f- mm. fans go wild. You, if you see <laughs> in the the Adelaide Oval and it happens in the forward fifty, and they cost them, mate. Fans are off their seats. You know it's. it's and it sort of ruins the spectacle a little bit. So they just can't be so harsh with these rules. Some things are worth 50, but not everything. No, not, not that, though. Sometimes the tiny little things, like a player just saying something to the umpire who shouldn't have said, it's yeah. not worth a certain score if you're in the wrong part of the ground yeah. for mine. Fuss. Huge fuss. Like, the, 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 I can take the positive route here. It's a fuss, but, geez, uh, the Crows home games, mm. the, the whoppers every game. The, 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 <laughs> there's going to be some... We're, we're <laughs> so, uh, the, Don't buy anything at the, the, the canteen no, for the overpriced. Yeah. Don't buy the overpriced pies or no, chips. That'll happen, but... Because you'll get, you'll get a free whopper on the way home. And I think, uh, like, every year there's a new, like, the stand rule last year, it'll get... Uh, Police to the letter of the law for about the first six rounds, and you watch a peter out. You watch how yeah. the, the, the 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 descent or the the um, volume of the descent um, just grows. You know, oh no, he only pointed the finger, so that's not, and yeah. it'll, it'll it'll peter out. But it's all the, about optics. The first, and uh, I can understand. Uh, you say certain goal. Uh, everyone complains the score isn't high enough. That's probably why. Oh, that's not the way to do it, though. That's probably why. Don't know if it's the way to do it. All anyway, right. is that the, is that the, the, one more? One, one more? more? One more? Uh, we go over to Pakistan. Uh, the, oh. the 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 raw the uh, raw pindi the Ra- raw pindi raw pindi yeah. the raw pindi curator. Pass or fast, <laughs> or should I say, uh, um, um, uh, what's the, um, the, high, the highway patrol? Who, 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 whoever makes the roads in Pakistan, uh, pass or yeah, fast? The bitumen layer or something like that. Like, oh, this is just an absolute farce. <laughs> How about Australia taking four wickets in five days? That is so sad. You cannot put this up. This is. I hope the ICC investigate this. This is a, just an absolute joke. In, in, um, Pakistan have made 670-odd runs, I think it is, uh, at the moment. We're currently recording. They're just about to declare, I reckon. But they've got so many runs on the board, and Australia just don't know how to play on it. And it, this is how, how disappointed would they be if they didn't pick two spinners as well, by the way. Mm. They've put them just about their full bowling attack, fast-paced attack. They're going to be stuffed by the next game in Karachi. But that is, that is just such a poor pitch. You can't dish that up. When we say roads, we have a laugh about it here, but that, that is a genuine road. Like, my God, there was a tweet that I saw and it, it had a, um, uh, like a steamroller and, and literally laying bitumen on the pitch. Um, far out. They should get Les Burdett on a first-class flight straight over to Pakistan <laughs> one way straight as soon as he can get there because he's got to sort out that pitch. Yeah. Obviously, it's too late now, but far out. There's a reason why we haven't been there in over two decades. <laughs> Gee whiz. It's, 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 it's just not a bad... It's a bad look for the game as well because it's so boring. It's so boring. I haven't watched hardly more than like 20 minutes at a time because yeah. I just can't sit and be captured by it. It's yeah. just not interesting. So, so fast, first of all, fast, but uh, is it... 
Uh, people complain when the, the the test matches are over in two days. Would you rather two days of people getting skittled or five, yes. or five <laughs> days of double tons? I want to see chaos. I want to see people <laughs> just losing Jeez, their You'd be a bowler, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not a batsman, are you? You're in my no, You can bugger off. I just want a contest between bat and ball. That's all I want. If you've got a road, that's not good enough. If you've got a pitch that no one can hit the thing and you're all out for 100, that, then that is also not very good. You need to have a fair and balanced game. If you can go three or four days, I think that is good enough. If you can get it to at least three and a half days, you're doing your job. Yeah. And if you can get a result within five days, you've also well, done your job. Well, the best pitches are the ones that start off a certain way and then they deteriorate over they time. Are the and, best and that's pitches. because then it changes. Every day it changes. Yep. And they tend to be the best games because yep. the pitch changes. And that means there's nothing consistent about it, which means the game is always up for grabs. It's always Correct. up in the air. So yep. that's what it needs to be. Well done. I remember it was at the end of day three. I think when did it rain? End of day three? It drizzled day a little bit? Day three, yeah. I think bit. It, it rained uh, and there was a bit of bad light as well. And so, then and the next morning it rained again. And Sunday night. Sunday yeah. night it was. So that was day three. Yeah, day three. Um, <laughs> I don't know which commentator it was, but they said... Just leave the covers off. Just give the pitch That's a bit right. of juice. Yeah. Let's, just, let's do it. <laughs> just, just juice it up a bit. It's only drizzling. Uh, give the pit. No, anyway, fast. Yeah. Massive. Well, that ends us uh, for another week on a really, really frustrated note, I think. Uh, by this time next week, there'll be another test match on. And uh, hopefully Australia's winning that one anyway. It looks like this one's going to peter out to a draw. But who knows? By the time we end this recording, there's still a bit more cricket to be played and maybe there's been some sort of record run chase. Who knows? But <laughs> hope for the best for our Aussies. Well done to you blokes. Good to see you all again. Uh, next week, we'll be back at it and there'll be some footy on the horizon. Oh, yes. Bring it on. Here we go. Is yeah. it the, the, the footy season's next week? It is yeah. next week. Yeah. Next Wednesday. So we're right going to record on the Tuesday. Yeah. Before we have to record Tuesday because yeah. the first game's Wednesday. And uh, someone will be here next Tuesday. Ooh. Mark oh. my words. Oh, right. Like okay. And hopefully we've got a few more dollars in our pocket Thanks to Tim Yaten for joining us on the show. Adelaide Cup Day, good luck. No, we don't need any luck. We've got the tips. We're all set now. We're we've, we've, we've got the segment. And like Tim said, so we should be okay. Do you think Tim's a bit nervous he might not come back? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. All right. Well, uh, well, good luck to everyone. Have a great weekend. Uh, we'll see you next week.